here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome back, everybody, to Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 85, and this week I am very pleased to be joined by our most returning guest, our most prolific guest, whatever you want to call it. Hi, Taylor. Hi, how's it going? Pretty good. Um, We're here to talk about DDT and a little about Muscle, uh, two shows from this past weekend, two big shows at Ryugoku Sumo Hall. Um, of course, Taylor is another longtime DDT fan. I, I never, I don't think I've ever asked you, when did you start watching DDT I, like regularly? I started watching in the beginning of 2017, so not a long time. Okay, so a little, um, only a little after May, because I, I really only started, I started paying super close attention to it like, um, 
like started watching every show like mid 2016. So not that much longer. I mean, I, I watched it like, you know, here and there for years and years and years. But as far as like considering it my favorite promotion and watching every show only like mid 2016. Yeah, I, I started in 2017, but it was largely a lot of picking and choosing of matches. Yeah. Um, except for like the really big shows. Um, and then at the end of 2017, obviously we went to uh, Peter Pan. And then after that, I started watching more of the full shows. And then last year I watched, I think, almost everything that made tape, which I'm not doing this year because it was <laughs> a time um, suck. Not that it's bad, but it was they run just so many shows, especially the small ones where it's just kind of, hey, we're in this small city and just doing the kind of house show um, stuff, which I've kind of taken off my schedule to make room for other things. But yeah. I pop in. I just pop in for the main events of those, honestly. Which is I, I'll look at something if I'm like, oh, that matchup seems like something interesting. Um, yeah. So I'm uh, pretty similar. But yeah, more picking and choosing this year from those small shows. Yeah, I mean, I, I did watch all the, um, what's it called, matches? The, the D.O. Yeah, so I watched so, all of those, yeah. Yeah, and the King of DDT is coming up soon, which they announced during the during uh, one of the two shows. So I'm sure I'll watch all of those. But other than that, yeah, I watch all the Corrigans and then other stuff. As like the there's always there's always like some special shows that are always really interesting, like the the Saki Akai produced last year. I'm yeah, sure I watched all of that, and like the Beer Garden shows are awesome. So you know we'll see. But yeah, as far as like random house shows that they put up on Universe because they do put up a lot. I'm much of a I'm more of a pick and choose person too. Um but yeah, obviously I watched all of Judgment. I also watched the Muscle Show. So let's talk a little bit about that before we get into Judgment since that show took place first. It took place on Saturday, Japan time. Um I did not watch this live because it was like I think it started like two thirty AM Friday night Eastern time and just that's way too late to step for a pure comedy show. But <laughs> I just watched it the next day. But that meant that I watched like fucking 10 hours of TDT basically in one day because I sat down and watched the muscle show from like 3 to 7, uh, 3 to 7 p.m. on Saturday. And then I had like less than three hours until Judgment started because I did watch Judgment live. And Judgment, start, Judgment was 12 p.m. Japan time for the pre-show, which was 10 p.m. Eastern. So I had less than three hours before Judgment started. So yeah, that was a lot of DDT in one day, but um, I enjoyed myself. It's not there aren't that many promotions I can watch ten hours of in a day and come out of it having a good time. But you know, if I tried to watch ten hours of WWE in a day, I'd probably like fucking kill myself. But DDT, <laughs> it worked out. Um, but yeah, the Muscle Show. So some background. Do you know it? Do you know the story of Muscle Taylor? Do you know like what it's about? Uh, sort of very, very vaguely. Do you want to um, give, do you want to give our listeners the very vague? Well, uh, so it's, general... it's Muscle Sakai's promotion, who is Super Sasadango Machine mostly now, I guess. Would you say yeah. that that's what he does mostly? Well, he um, might not be doing it anymore now, though, but we'll say, I guess. That's true. Um, and it existed like, what, almost 15 years ago. 
Because well, the last like, the last one was 2010. Okay, but did it start was, in 2005? Yeah, something like okay. that. I think. Um, and it's a, I mean, it's a comedy promotion. I guess would be yeah. the, <laughs> the simplest way to put it. Um, that's kind of the details that I know. And I saw some vague, you know, to the lead up to the show, there were some people on Twitter watching through the old shows. So I saw some of that, um, you know, the gifts and stuff like that. Yeah. So I was trying to find, if you search on cage match for muscle, weirdly, the last one doesn't seem like it comes up. So I don't know. Cause the last one on the list there is 2006. But I know the last. I'm I'm like almost positive the last one was 2010. Is it so. under? Is it under DDT? Because I found the this muscle card. Yeah. Under the D under DDT. Yeah. So I don't know DDT. if they got. I don't know if they got moved into DDT. Yeah. Well, whatever. I'm almost positive it was 2010. So um, maybe it's just under a weird name or something, and or or no one entered it into Cage Match, would happen sometimes with these older shows, but um. But yeah, so like they were basically like a side brand, just like, um, you know, we have a million side brands in DDT now. And, you know, they were not, they're calling them wrestling shows is like kind of a stretch because they're not really wrestling shows. Like, you know, they're more like variety shows that happen to have some wrestling. You know, like there's a lot, there were shows that have a lot of quiz. There's like a big quiz element to some of them, which you saw on this muscle show with like the game show element. Um, you know, there's like footage from, like there's, there's, there's this really famous footage from of Minoru Suzuki fighting Mecha Mummy like in a river. That's from muscle. Um, but not everything, because this is like, okay. So I remember Rich Krejci of the Voice Wrestling flagship asked me like, was Kota Ibushi doing that, like the the double knees into the the pit of mud or something, which is a really famous DDT clip? Is DDT clip? Is that muscle? It's like no, that's from Street Pro Wrestling, which is like a totally different thing. Just like a basically just a series of matches that take place, you know, else other the places other than a wrestling ring. But muscle is like its own weird little sub brand where you know sometimes there's wrestling matches, sometimes there's uh, you know, wacky variety stuff. It has a lot of uh, besides wrestlers, like besides comedy wrestlers, the DT roster, like Antonio Honda, Don Shokodino, obviously Muscle Sakai. You know, those guys were in it, but also like comedians were in it, um, actors, musicians, which you would see on this muscle show, you know, and different different dudes that had nothing to do with DDT really outside of the muscle shows were in it. And it's just really its own thing. And we haven't seen one in nine years. And I think the reason why is because, I mean, you can tell if you watch the show, this is a lot more work to put together <laughs> than like a normal fucking wrestling show. You have to put together all this shit basically to fill four hours without doing a ton of wrestling matches. I mean, there are only four matches on this show. Um, if, if you want to count the restart of the retirement match, then, well, really, yeah, really it's five cool. matches. Yeah, there were five, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's listed here as 1 and 1A, but those are two different matches. And that's five matches on a four-hour show. So, And none of these matches went that long. The longest one was the Battle Royal 26 minutes. So, like, you know, it's a long time to go with only five matches. So, 
you know, it's very difficult to, you know, to script this kind of show, I'm sure. But they did say they want to do it once a year now. So that was something Mothsakai said towards the end of the show where he said that, you know, the response was so overwhelming and, you know, hopefully he's like, hopefully we can do this once a year now. Um, so maybe we'll see one. I think one a year is fine. You know, like I think more yeah, than one think, a year, yeah. more than one a year would get boring and like, um, you know, old really quick. But one a year you can do. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's doable. It's probably the best plan as to not, you know, especially if they're going to run Sumo Hall every year. Um, just so you're not running to an empty building by yeah. doing, you know, however many shows a year, just doing one a year, filling it up, you know, sounds good to yeah. me. Um, the, the other thing about DDT and this muscle show, um, oh, I lost my train of thought, honestly, but Muscle Mania Goku. <laughs> it was called Muscle Mania 2019 Mario Goku, our second career. And the full the the full like title was we said we wouldn't be back until 2030, but here we are anyway, sorry. <laughs> or something like that. Because at the last show they had said that the next muscle would be in 2030. So I just thought that was a fun little title. Um but yeah, I mean, this is a this is a really fun show. Oh, so I was talking to uh, Jamie, the guy who runs your back DT, about it, and he's he gave gave a great quote that I have to repeat here. He said, "Muscle was what non DT fans think every DT show is like," which mm. that's a great line. Yeah, it's like they think this is this is all DT. It's the wacky comedy, and that is literally what Muscle is. It's just the comedy. Like this would Joe Lanza's personal hell. Would be like being strapped in and being forced to watch the show repeatedly because you know he would fucking hate it. But yeah, I mean, like I had a great time. I enjoyed it a lot. In some ways, I liked it more than Judgment, which is also a little bit of a slight judgment that it wasn't the greatest, uh, you know, DET Big Show maybe. But also, this show is just so much fun to watch. Um, you know, it was really it was you had to you really had to follow along. With that uh, DT English account, thank God that thing exists because you know <laughs> my choppy Japanese picking up a word or two here or there. It's like I could, you know, I could sort of get a, you know, a general idea of what was going on, but him telling me, you know, like him telling us like exactly what was being said and what was going on was a godsend. So because there's a lot of talking on this show, so if you're gonna try to watch it after the fact, definitely scroll down DDT Pro English and try to and follow along with him because he will help you out big time. And um, Andromatic DDT now has a uh like a recap um which is also helpful cuz that's also yeah. what I looked at while looking at the show uh was that recap to kind of explain. Now I think the English Twitter goes a little into like what the actual quotes that they're saying are whereas the Dramatic DDT is kind of like here's what was going on. Um, so you could really look at both and they'd probably, uh, be a good compliment. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So let's do, let's run down the muscle car really quickly. Um, it began with Pedro Takaishi's retirement match. He was like a, basically a, uh, God, what the fuck's the name of that thing? What's the name of that fighting style? Do you know? Capoeira. Capoeira. Yeah. He, he basically, so he was a guy that actually he mentioned this. He spoke a little bit of Portuguese. So they used to put him in 
uh, he used to be like a, a, a ring attendant during the uh, the promotion called Rings, which was like a oh, shoot yeah. style slash real shoot promotion. He would like um, second the the Brazilians <laughs> because of this little bit of Portuguese he could speak. So that was that's kind of where his background comes from. But now he's like a a life insurance a life insurance agent who um, you know like basically was just competing in his last wrestling match here. But he was surprisingly good. Like he was pretty like you'd think for a guy who hasn't wrestled in nine years or whatever, he would be like a lot worse than this. He was fine. I mean, I do think some of the guys who don't wrestle for you know you don't wrestle for however long, you do kind of save the, you know, you kind of save your bumps and your skill mm-hmm. a little bit. Whereas yeah. if you're doing it every day, you can get run down. So I think that might, you know, be a factor with not just this, but. There are a few other guys I've seen, you know, this year, last year where, you know, oh, I haven't wrestled in, you know, however long and they come in and you're like, oh, they're good. And it's like, well, maybe because they haven't been doing it day in and day out for the last, you know, however many years. Uh, I should mention, too, the the big joke at the start was that so Amon Surumi announced the he's taken office in the Japan Pro Wrestling Committee and with this responsibility he, he's uh, launching the 2020 Tokyo Wrestle Olympics and they even had like this fucking weird Olympic logo which was really funny and he mentioned that the the physical burden carried by pro wrestlers is so great the Wrestle Olympics are only held once every 40 years instead of four so that's why most people haven't heard of it so that was a big joke um Pedro asked basically if he could, if he could, well, you know, postpone his retirement until so he could compete in the Wrestle Olympics. And Amon like starts berating him that retirement seemed to be taken seriously. And Muscle Sakai standing right next to him, <laughs> and he like slowly and like kind of forlornly puts on his sasadango <laughs> It's just really funny. Um, but yeah, so Pedro wrestled a first retirement match, which was a six man tag. It was him. Uh, Chon Shiryu, I don't, I'm pronouncing that wrong. I'm sure he's a Chinese wrestler who was in uh, who was in Muscle and also New Beijing Pro Wrestling, and Great Kojika, and they defeated Yasuo Arano, uh, Makoto Oishi, and Ken Oka. Uh, Kojika pinned Oishi with the Nodoa Otoshi. Um, that's choke slam, by the way. So o- Oka, first of all, I got to hear bad communication three times in this show, so that's <laughs> already a win for that. Um, but yeah, so after this match is over, they start doing a retirement ceremony, and they're basically like, um, you know, they they brought out like a letter from the highlight of this was uh, Naoshi Sano, I think it was like an old FMW guy. He brings out a letter from Atsushi Onida because Onida couldn't be there, and Onida says, "Life is a journey, and so is retirement," which is just a great a great quote from Onida. Um, so as as uh, Pedro is getting his salute, Amon and <laughs> Amon and uh, and Muscle Sakai interrupt it, and they're like, "You didn't do enough to earn your retirement. You were barely in the match," and that was a terrible. Re- they were like, "What is this shitty retirement ceremony too?" So they basically brought out another match, and it was Shinya Aoki in a gi, I should add, and they did a lot of like gi chokes, and apparently they were talking a commentary like. Is is the gi choke legal or not? Which I think that's a reference to like a famous pride fight. I think, right? Wasn't there like a guy like Akira uh, or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, where he yeah. wore the gi and 
yeah was choking people with it and people like weren't sure if that was legal but yeah so this was like this went eight eight minutes and 44 seconds before ioki went with a sleeper hold this was like shockingly good like i would go like three and a half on this which for a shoot fighter who doesn't do pro wrestling versus a guy i never heard of before today that's <laughs> higher than i would have expected but it was really like a really really fun nine minute match uh, and I would not pulled out a Aoki pulled out the uh, gotch style pile driver, right? That is true. Yep, he did, which is the first time he did that move. Um, but yeah, I would not have expected to see a three and a half star match on the Muscle Show. So, way to go for that. Um, after that, we had a the quiz show portion, um, which had Dino was teaming up with Dino and South Zango both teamed up with a famous comedian, apparently. And then yeah, yeah, um, Yamazoto. Yeah, he. Oh, you know who he is. Yeah, he actually is a commentator on Terrace House, um, which now, of course, is is I don't know how big it is, but it's on Netflix and it's translated and it has quite an audience. And he's one of the kind of commentators that they have. See, I'm Um, a fake weeb. I've never I never watched it. So so actually, I know him and he was on um, he was on a show. I think he might have been on Judgment like two years ago or something. Yeah, he looked really familiar so because he's taken a, he's taken the um, anal blast explosion before, uh, um, and I think it was two years ago at Judgment. So, so I also rec- remembered him from that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, he was on that team. Another comedian called Kuro Chams team with Sasadango. Um Kazushia Sakai. Uh, Sakai. He was like a. A, a singer and he's now in like some kind of Japanese boy band. Um, so he's apparently they're pretty famous now. So he was a guy that already wrestled in, in muscle way in the, you know, way in the past and just happened to be like a somewhat famous singer now. Like they even had a spot on a, like Japan's big year end uh, new year's Eve show, which is pretty one of the bigger spots a band can get. So he teamed up here with Antonio Honda and then the uh, the last group was uh, Yasuo Rado, you know, Oishi and Kenoka. So got to hear a back communication a third time here. Oh, no, a second time. Second time. Second time. Um, so, like, round one, they all had to drink red wine mixed with protein powder, which one was, like, good protein powder that Takashita gave us. We got, like, a funny little video clip of Takashita showing us how he makes a protein shake. And then the other glass consists of old stale powder, and you had to guess which was, I guess, the good one. Or or the stair one, I don't remember which. But um, the only one to get it wrong was the the three wrestlers. They were eliminated. Then round two, so everybody was blindfolded. So the the wrestlers were blindfolded, and the comedians and the musician had to take a chop from Takashita and from Maki Ito and guess which one was from a top-level pro wrestler and which one was from an idol. Um, And Maki Ito actually, like, she screws up at one point. I don't know if this was like a – I think this was an intentional screw-up. Oh, I um, thought it was on, I thought it was on accident. Oh, okay. I don't know. She had like such a grin on her face that I thought maybe it was on pur- purpose. But either way, she just says, "Here I go!" Right before she chops, does one of her chops. But Antonio Honda was like, "That's a trick." <laughs> like she said that when Takashita chopped, so he picked the wrong answer. So, and then the final two teams they had to guess who was responsible for creating the intro video, but they both got that answer right. So. There were no tiebreakers ready. They had to do a wrestling match. Um, after that, we brought out the the pop band I just mentioned, the guys in 
uh, Surumi. So, or Surumi, uh, sorry, not Surumi, Junretsu. And, you know, they came out on stage and performed a song and then asked if they could do the opening ceremony of the Tokyo Rest Olympics. But the problem is there's only four members now um, because one of their members had to leave the group last month because basically in the, it, like they they got a lot of press coverage after they were in that New Year's Eve thing, but we found out he was involved in like a domestic scandal. Uh, it's actually pretty terrible. He was like man on woman violence and stuff, not good. So he got kicked out of it, kicked out of the group. So they're one man short. Um, and Surumi was like, you know, a pop group can't be five members. And Sakai is like, why not? And he's like, it just can't. So we announced the Jun Retsu new member audition 2019 Battle Royal, which, um, you know, that basically the winner of this gets to be the new member of the group. And basically they, they also allowed uh, Sakai to compete. And if he wins, I guess he just gets to not have a new member. But this ended up being the highlight of the show. It was awesome. Uh, it went about 26 minutes. There was a lot of different wrestlers in it. Um, you know, a lot of different, a lot of DET regulars, plus um, plus some surprises. The biggest surprise was probably um, Antonio Honda's dad, Tetsu Watanabe, who's like a really famous Japanese like character actor, apparently. And he came out dressed like Honda, and he did the Gone, Gone the Fox thing, which was awesome. Um, but yeah, and then we also had, oh, there was also another great moment was when Yukio Sakaguchi came in. And one of them was like, like one of the announcers was like, or I think one of the band members actually who was announcing was like, uh, is it really okay to have someone covered in tattoos in the band? And then he eliminated himself. So that was pretty fun. But yeah, what'd you think of the Battle Royal? I really liked it. I think that they were on commentary, but they were piping the commentary. Yes. Yeah. In, in throughout the hall. Um, they did that throughout the show, actually. Um, I really liked um, um, Honda's Gone the Fox because it was about Mary Poppins or something. Yeah, it was about um, Mary Poppins. I also liked when Andres a Giant Panda came out. Um, one of the band members, I don't even know, or maybe someone on commentary said, went, wow. But it wasn't like, wow. It was very, it was just like, Wow. <laughs> like very flat and i was like oh what a, what a strange reaction um but you so, know i like these are always fun so i was you know yeah, i was like it's a really good time and so sakai came out in, in his like old hard gay parody gimmick which is a good time to mention i we totally forgot to mention when we were talking about muscle in a lot of ways this was a parody of hustle like that's kind of how it started but they even did three, two, one, muscle, muscle instead of hustle, hustle. So we should have mentioned that way earlier, but they didn't. They didn't do that at all on this show, I guess, because by now, you know, hustle is a long dead thing that probably people barely remember, you know. But at the time, it was very, you know, uh, it was very topical, so it made sense to parody it. But we did parody hard gay here. That was the only vestige of the old hustle parody aspect of muscle. Um, also this led to, so the total divas account, you know, that total divas Epps account, like yeah. gift, gift Andreza a lot during this match. And that led to Cody Rhodes tweeting, how do we get that giant Panda for Starcast?" And I'm like, Cody, first of all, the Panda has a fucking name. Okay. Andreza giant Panda. 
Second of all, you don't book Giant Panda for StarCast. You book him for AEW proper. If you want to book Andreza, he doesn't get put in a fucking Hilton ballroom or whatever. You put him on the show. So that's my that's my statement to Cody Rhodes, who's definitely a listener. Or send <laughs> someone or send someone over to Japan from the roster because you're not doing anything for the next <laughs> three months or whatever it is. So Can it, is, it, is that not fucking stupid? Am I the only send one send over Hangman stupid? Page? <laughs> Come on, why can't they run a fucking show? Between now and May. Evidently, no, they can't. <laughs> it's so stupid. I know people are like, oh, it builds up the hype, whatever. But I'm like, I don't know. It just feels like now they just go out of sight, out of mind until they have, they hold a press conference, everybody goes nuts again, and then they're back to just like... And it just leaves everybody on Twitter screaming at each other about the dumbest shit. Well, that's like, Twitter I, every day, so... I, I know, but, like, at least <laughs> if they were screaming at each other about, like, what if the matches were good, or the shows, or the upcoming cards or something, that that's, like, more tolerable to me than, like, screaming at each other about whether or not they could have sold out the show before there was internet, which was, like, the big debate this week. It's so fucking stupid. I'm like, at least talk about the car. At least there's a show they could talk about that instead. Instead, all people can yell at each other about the dumbest shit. But yeah, so Andreza won the Battle Royal uh, and got to be the new member of June Red Sue. And they had a, a great performance with, again, the lead singers dressed in hard gay out attire and the pandas in the background, like doing the dance moves as best it can. <laughs> it's really, that was just really fucking funny. Um, then we got match four, which was the. I don't know how to describe this match. The Captain's Fall, Anal Explosion, Time Difference, Web News Posting, Tag Death Match. Uh, so Dino and that uh, and Yamazato beat Muscle Sakai and Kuro-chan, so they each had a comedian on the team, when Dino pinned Muscle Sakai with the Don Shoko driver um, <laughs> in 16-14. So the, the, here's what happened in this match. Every few minutes, there would be a new headline. Somehow they got these headlines on real Japanese news sites. They got one on fucking Yahoo Japan. I don't know how they did that, but they got one on Yahoo Japan. They got one on Abima Times, uh, another one on Battle News. Um, These are like attention-grabbing headlines for the show where the website posted the headline before it happened. So they had to go along with each one. So first of all was that they were about to take part in an explosive match. The second headline was the Yamazato fainted in the ring in a situation similar to Antonio Inoki swallowing his tongue. So he had to go along with it and basically let himself be choked out with a sleeper. The next headline said Kuro-chan assaulted an idol and had to be contained by a police officer. So Dino carried out Maki Ito for Kuro-chan to fight. And then Shinya Aoki, who apparently used to be a cop, came out in a police officer and put Kuro-chan down with a triangle choke. Um, and then headline number three was breaking news, suspicious people broke into Kuro-chan's home. And then we see like live footage of Hiroshima and Mao wrestling each other inside his very tiny bedroom. And then whatever move they would did in the match, they would repeat in the bedroom. Um, so then Dino pinned Muscle Sakai here. And that meant Kuro-chan to get the anal explosion. Uh, Yamazato, he felt bad for him. You know, his house is getting wrecked. His ass is about to get wrecked too. <laughs> which is a great line. Well, according to the news <laughs> article, he felt bad. Well, no, first he said he felt bad. And they asked him, would you take Kurochan's place? And he said, no. But then the final headline appeared and it said that Yamazato is so moved 
by the tearful reactions of thousands of people in attendance that he volunteered to take the anal explosion. And he's like, God damn it. And just resigned himself to going up to the stage and taking the blast. And then Dino set it off and then cried for him afterwards. So there you go. Um, after that, we finally got the main event, which we did not have one booked. But uh, so Mustakai came out and put on a PowerPoint and said, you know, first of all, Antonio Honda is a great wrestler, but he'll never get to wrestle, um, you know, a main event in, in real DDT at Sumo Hall. So he had this great, like, uh, graph where he's like, there's four quadrants. Famous, but famous, but does not win. Famous and wins. Not famous, but wins. And not famous, but does not win. And he's like, that's our quadrant. That's <laughs> what we had. There's a market inefficiency. So that's what he said Honda was. Not famous and does not win. But he also brought out DJ Nira to be Honda's opponent, who's a uh, he's basically like a longtime uh, Kaintai Dojo guy, right? Is that right? Yeah, he's like the Blue Devil of Chiba. So he he shows up in DT like once or twice a year, basically. Um, not that often. So the ultimate not famous and does not win guy, I guess. But yeah, so he wrestled uh, Antonio Honda in a twenty-four minute match. Which or twenty yeah twenty three fifty, which sounds really long and it was really long, but like ten minutes of that was slow motion, so that's why that went that long. Uh, nothing you had to go out of your way to see, but nothing that I would consider like egregious or anything either. And it ended in a double TKO, so that was the end of the show. Um, really fun show. I had a great time watching it. And well, I don't regret watching it at all. Well, except at the very end of the show, this another scandal was oh yeah, yes, I forgot un, unearthed before <laughs> the conclusion of the show. So do you you take it then? Go ahead. Uh, so it was revealed. I I don't know if it was revealed because I thought it was common knowledge before. It was, but they they didn't know. today. Yeah, they didn't know that um, uh, Andres a giant panda had been uh, caught. Um, cheating on his wife with a Fujimoto who's a Joshi wrestler and they were at, the, at the Tokyo sports. Yes. But then also another photo came out of them backstage somewhere, uh, like cuddling or something. Um, <laughs> they didn't show that one. They only showed the two of them kissing at the awards. That one was on, that one was on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so Andreza was, f- um, fired from Junretsu. Yeah. Uh, like the, the lead singer was like, we already had enough scandals. We can't can't do this. So you're fired. So there you go. I'm um, I'm hoping they have some kind of match to sort out this giant panda <laughs> drama at some point. It seems like that's where it would head, right? <laughs> there's a great shot where if you look at the there there's a photo like of the panda with like its its hands together, and it almost looks like embarrassed and scared. Like when they're all pointing up at the image. It's like the last image on Dramatic DT. It's fucking great. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like the panda thing was really funny. There you go. So that was the um, true end of the show. That was the true end of the show. Uh, after that, we got DDT Judgment the next day. Uh, the 22nd anniversary DDT, February 17th at Sumo Hall. Um, I, I didn't mention an attempt for, for uh, the muscle show because I wanted to mention it together here. If you had told me they were going to draw 8,200 fans total for these two shows. I mean, first of all, I would have said that was a success, and I would have guessed, like, 5,500 for Judgment and, like, 2,700 for Muscle Mania. But Muscle Mania did 4,115 
with nothing announced. The only thing announced was Pedro Takahashi versus X at his retirement match. Nothing else was announced on the show, and 4,100 fans showed up for it. But then Judgment also did 4,100 fans, which is like, you know, 4,177, which is not very good for Judgment. I mean, like, um, you know, the last two shows at Sumo Hall, let me just see, I have the total here. I mean, Sasaki Dino, Peter Pan in November did 62.59, and last year's Judgment with Takashita at Ishikawa did 57.96. So it's a little weird that, the, the you know, two guys who both drew with different opponents on the last two Sumo Hall shows did such a bad number here for a down number. So I don't know if it's a combination of um, coming back faster because obviously usually Peter Pan's in the summer and usually Judgment's in March instead of February. So this time, you know, it was only three months later, basically, November to, to February, which is a lot faster than they usually come back to Ryokoku. Um, and then also having two shows, which they don't normally do. Um but yeah, it's just really weird that the this show did a lot this show did a lot worse than I expected, and Muscle did a lot better than I expected. So I don't know if it's kind of a wash or if they're satisfied with that. You know, drawing eighteen hundred fans on two shows or what, but what do you think about how these two shows did? Um, I think it's interesting. I do wonder if maybe there was a contingent of people who said, Oh, I'll go I'll go to Muscle because they don't obviously they they haven't run in nine years. And I mean, on muscle, you have, you know, at least a dozen people who are DDT regulars, I guess you would say, who are going to be on the card the next day. And you go and you say, well, I had a lot of fun and I saw most of the people I'd see tomorrow anyway and just didn't go to judgment. Yeah. Now, I don't know. Maybe that's not the case. I do think running the shows back to back, even though you go, oh, one's a muscle show and one is a, you know, one is a DDT show. I mean, it it's very similar. And at the end of the day, you could say, well, kind of, sort of, they're both DDT shows. Yeah. Um, and just people going, well, they were just here four months ago. <laughs> in Three Sumo months ago. Yeah, three months ago in Sumo Hall. So is it even, you know, should I go back and maybe didn't go back? So I think it's probably a combination of a bunch of factors and less an less a an issue with, oh, you know, it's Asaki versus Takashida, although maybe that did contribute a little bit to it. Yeah. Um I mean Takashida, look, he he has his problems with the as ace. I mean, that's pretty clear when you look at like some of his react crowd reactions and general election results and stuff like that. But I don't, I still find it hard to blame this on him. Like I've seen some people doing when like he just did a great number with Ishikawa last year. So, and again, Sasaki, same thing. He just did a great number with Dino. So it's really weird to blame either one. I just, I just think it's a weird combination of factors. I mean, maybe the match itself just wasn't a big thing to people, but like, I don't know. It just didn't. There's something that didn't click, but then I also think, you know, all the other. I, I think if there wasn't that muscle show the night before, this would have done like 5K at least. Yeah, I think so. so. I think that, yeah. I mean, it still would have been down, but I don't think it would have been down as much. That's well, my, and I think it's my. the same thing we see with, you know, when New Japan, you know, they go, oh, you know, this tour is two shows, and then all of a sudden it's six shows or whatever it is. You know, the numbers go down. 
But the question is, is it more important to draw 8,000 over two days or is it more important to draw 6,000 over, you know, a single day? Yeah, I mean, I, I, Ryo Goku, Goku is apparently not that expensive to book, especially for a building this, of this size. So it wouldn't surprise me if they still made money. They made more money this way, you know, drawing 8,200 yeah. plus in two shows. But yeah, I don't, it's, it's interesting. So I, it did, I did feel like it should be mentioned. So that's why I brought it up. But yeah, uh, overall judgment, um, you know, my thoughts on it are pretty, well, as we'll get into, I, I really liked everything up till intermission. So matches one through six. After intermission, uh, seven through nine, I thought were disappointing, as we'll talk about. But then the main event kind of saved it anyway, which the main event was fucking awesome. So, you know, I, I, I don't, I would find it hard to go anything but thumbs up on this show. But it was definitely weaker than the last few Ryo Goku shows. Just because the, the two Ryo Goku shows last year were just like, you know, total home runs to me. Whereas this was not like a 100% home run because of, you know, some stuff being disappointing. But it was still a very good show by the end of it. Yeah, I would have to go back to Judgment 2017. I don't even remember. Was that, that was Takashita Arashima? Takashita Arashima, yep. Okay. I'm just trying to remember. I think this is the the weakest one that I can remember. It's the weakest one. I, I would have to go. Too. Yeah, I would have to go back and and look at what the cards no, were. Judgment, Judgment 2017 was awesome because that was the show with the samurai match too. Oh yeah, match. that's right, that's right. And Peter Pan 2016 was really good too. So and that was like the first one of my like real DDT fandom. So yeah, this is probably the weakest one I've seen since I really started watching. Um, I've seen other D- other DT big shows even before I was a, a huge fan. There's probably like a worse one in there that I'd have to really go through and think about it. But um, that's not saying this show was bad though. It's just DT, the standard DT big shows is just really fucking high. I mean, last year I voted for both of them for best major show. Right. This one I'm not this one I am not going to vote for best major show. So like this is not that level to me. This is like a very like if you were gonna give a show a grade, it would be like a B or something, you know. So, which is a good show, but like not a, not a not a blowaway show. Yeah, I mean, I always have fun with DDT shows, so I enjoyed the show. So it's which also makes it sort of hard to gauge. Yeah, because you're like, oh, I had a good time, even though, like the mat, some of the matches were sort of disappointing. Yeah. Um, I certainly don't come out of it with a negative point of view. Um, but yeah, I would say compare, especially like you said, compared to last year would be down compared to the two big shows last year. The interesting thing is this year we're getting three big shows because we right. have Peter Pan, Peter Pan and Oda Ward gym this year, which is the free, the free attendance show. It'll be interesting to see like what level that shit will be, but I, I assume it'll still be close to, a normal DDT big show, especially since they've already announced the King of DDT winner uh, gets to challenge for the KOD title there, like normal. Um, and then the third big show is the new one in November, which is uh, the the all brand show with you know DDT and Basara and Tokyo Joshi and Gambare. So that'll be interesting, and that's a new concept. And they're running it the night after Big Japan too, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, so we'll. See what the other two big shows are like i suspect this might end up being the weakest of the three by the time the year's over but we'll say 
Um, or it's going to be a down year for DT, I guess, you know, one of the two. Um, so it opened up with a pair of offer matches. Um, the bizarre one, not a ton to say about it. Only won six minutes. Uh, it was a match. <laughs> not really. Yeah. I, I was, have... I was thinking at the end, cause I was thinking to us doing the show, like at the end of the show, after the main event, thinking back and going, Oh yeah, that first match was six hours ago. I'm not <laughs> even sure I could talk about it right now, much less in two days when we record. <laughs> So I, I mean, really it, it, don't have much to say about it. I will say there were not a lot of bizarre fans in the building at the time because nobody seemed to care about any of these people. So, uh, I mean, there, there aren't a lot of fans in the building at all at that point because they, they just opened, I think they opened doors like an hour before, maybe even only a half hour before. So like we, you remember, right, from being, we went to Peter, we went to Peter Pan. It's like you get in the building and most of the fans are not yet in the building yet, and uh, even more of them are not, not even at their seats yet. Right. They're still like like mulling around, and they just start during matches, basically. Um, you know, in that hour before the show, so you know, it's sort of very much like a WWE pay per view now, I guess, where you got guys coming out there and doing matches to half empty building. Um, but then we had the Tokyo Joshi Pro offer match, which this was this was better. It went almost twelve minutes. Uh, Yuna Manase, Nodoka Temma, and Yuki Aino defeating Natsumi Maki, Hikari Noah, and Miyu Watanabe. Uh, Temma pinned Noah with the kill switch. Uh, this was fun match. This was a fun match, especially for a pre-show one. Um, I thought really uh, of the two of the two the two teams. I thought Miyu Watanabe, who I think has just a ton of uh, promise. You know, I joked that she's a future ace, and somebody else came back at me with somebody else from uh, the from the up up girls you know what i forget who they said i think akari noah yes akari noah um who wasn't who was the you know her partner in the match but i think mia watanabe is like the the big future star of the group and you know she looked really good here first taking the beating and later on just like in in the stretch run but on the other side you know yuna manase always kind of she kind of has like a you know a um a very like a pattern to her matches where she she's very good at playing like the big bullies and she's like you know she's five six which is a lot taller than most of these girls and actually she might be five seven i don't know but either way she's she's bigger than the rest of the rest of her opponents and she really like uses her size well in there and she kind of carried things for her team in between uh nodoka temma looked good yuki i know just kind of there but um it was a good good little match. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. Again, not much to say about these kind of opening matches, but you know, I thought it was I thought it was good, fun match. Uh then the real show opener was Shuma Katamata, Yuki Ureno, and Space Monkey defeating Antonio Honda, Jason Kincaid, and Naomi Yoshimura. Uh Ureno pinned Yoshimura with a Frankensteiner in twelve fifty five. Uh again, just you know, kind of just a fun little opener, not a ton to say about it. Uh, Shuma, of course, coming back from injury. Yoshimura is also just recently back from injury, which that could have been a lot worse, that that missed pedigree. So we're very, very glad to see him back already. Um, and the big the big story afterwards was uh, Yuki Arena, was been, who used to be a big rival of Yoshimura and DNA, when Yoshimura was like the big, you know, Yoshi, the Naomi kingdom. They were like the big heels in DNA. Uh, he's been trying to get Yoshimura to agree to team with him, and it looks like Yoshimura, after the match, finally did agree. 
So that could be a, a fun new tag team and really give Yuki Ueno something to do now, finally. Yeah, I said that in the preview that Ueno kind of has um, floated around after a good middle of the year last year. So giving him something to do um, is exciting to me because I think he's really good. Yeah, I do too. Um, and he has a lot of potential. Um, but it was a fun match. You know, it's good to see Shunma back. Now, John, as someone who doesn't watch, um, someone who doesn't watch Western wrestling, really, what has been your thoughts on Space Monkey? Ah, uh, he's been fine, I guess. I don't know. Don't really have any strong thoughts on either way. All right. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I really like. Is this a dude to me at this point? I'm just always interested right. to know because I know that you come in um, often, totally. Um, you know, having not seen these people where I I've seen space monkey a few times. Um, so I kind of come in with already, um, an idea formed. So just interested I mean, in your thoughts on that, these people who you've never seen before. That was me with Jason King cave where like he showed up and I was like, Oh, this guy seems kind of cool. And like you and lots of other people are like, no, he sucks. And it's like, cause you would, apparently he really bombed and evolve, I guess. Well, we found so. out the issue was that evolve sucks, not Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but like I love Jason Kincaid, and I, I pretty much liked him from the moment he started. I just thought he just seemed like a great fit there, and he's even better fit now that he's seen with Honda instead of doing the Renegade thing. But yeah, I mean, it, it is really funny that him and like Chase Owens were like these big southern southern wrestling rivals, and they've somehow both ended up with like the two biggest companies in Japan, which is like I don't know. There's just something really funny about that. Um. But yeah, after that, we got the Iron Man Heavy Metal Weight Time Difference Battle Royal. Um, this is the first one of these they've done the main card since Peter Pan 2016, which is crazy. Because um, they did two... In 2017, they did one on a pre-show with uh, a lot of old gimmicks. They did another one on a pre-show with Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestlers. They didn't do them at all in 2018 on, on big shows, on, on Judgment or Peter Pan. So this is like a big return here, this match format. And I, I love these matches. So um, I was very excited to see it return. And yeah, I just really, I really enjoyed this. Um, you know, it began with, uh, <laughs> so we got like, instead of bringing out like one at a time early on, we brought out a whole bunch at a time because uh, Kazuki Hirata had like a lot of new backup dancers, which was like Hoshitango, uh, Godehashi, Yuni, uh, who else was in there? There was some other people. Oh, Matsunaga. Maybe one other um, one. Was it Sasadango Machine? I don't think so. No. Maybe. Uh, Oishi. It was someone. Oh, Oishi, I think, yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. So they all danced together. Uh, Uni was, like, by far the best of the backup dancers. Yes, I he, thought. Was, I don't know. he was like a Genki Horiguchi level uh, dancer out there. Yeah. He putting his really all good. into it. Um, but yeah, and then you, so they all, they, they did like a great spot where they all beat everybody down and then, and then they all did like the, the Losi Gobernathus, like fist pose. And then Uni did the Naito, like laying on the mat with his eye, po with the eye pose like thing, which is, I don't know. That was really funny. I don't know why Uni was suddenly, uh, was suddenly Naito, but it was funny. But, um, uh, we got the spot with Scorpio, Scorpio double X, uh, which is apparently how you say his name, even though it's written Scorpio X2. He 
he did the thing where who was it? Who was the luchador who did this in WWF? Um, the really fucking famous one where he eliminated himself because he didn't know the rules. Oh, I don't even. I don't even know. I can't think of his name, but I, I can picture it in my head. He's a really fun, people are gonna be screaming at their fucking iPods because <laughs> he's a really famous luchador. But I can't. Uh, was it Mil Mascaris, maybe? But either way, I don't he, know. But I liked that you said they're be screaming at their iPods, iPhones, whatever. <laughs> the fuck. But my girlfriend still has an iPod. Okay, I still have an iPod as well. But I just don't think of people listening <laughs> to podcasts on iPods anymore. That's true. Um, but yeah, so he eliminated himself with like this completely nuts dive because he didn't know the rules. So that was like um, that was an that was an early highlight there. Uh, we got to see Maku Donnerlato, who. You know, the the Ugh. walking the walking copyright infringer, who like I, he basically if you haven't seen him, okay, you can you can just describe him by by saying he's a horny Ronald McDonald, so who who likes ecstasy. His his, his ten out of ten skill was taking ecstasy. <laughs> um, he's very special. That's all I'm gonna say about him. He is something, yes. Uh, so apparently, so Shantiro Takagi. He put up a poll on Twitter, like they they had found this guy in like some fucking indie sleeves promotion, like Udon and Pro, I think is Udon Pro, yeah. And he put up a poll, and he was like, "How often do you want to see Macdonaldo going forward?" And the options were like, I don't know, once a year, once a month, blah blah blah, all the time. And then the last one was like seven match trial series with Kazuhiro, and I think that was winning. So be afraid, everybody. Um. But yeah, Asuka came in as champion, but she did not win by the end. Um, oh, I have to mention. So, first of all, Gorgeous Machino, he got fucking screwed here. Did you did you remember what happened here? He no, like, because it was replaced by what he did on the Muscle Show, where he did the song and came out, and then Akito let him finish before <laughs> giving him the suplex. Yes. Uh, what happened? So, was, so he 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 got like. Like thrown out and jumped into Mac Donato's arms or something, and Maku like humped him to the back, and but the and the bell rang, but his fucking feet never touched the ground. He was like oh, that's right. in that's the right. hump position with Maku, so I'm like he got screwed. It's like Maven do that too before they just decided that like dudes can who aren't eliminated or who've been eliminated can just eliminate people, which by the way is the dumbest rule of all time. But anyway. Like Maku was like humping him to the back, and the bell rings, but his feet never touch the ground. So justice for gorgeous. That's what I'd say. Um, but yeah, then we had like Chinsuke have one of my favorite spots here, where he gets like this super epic ring announcement. Like the the ring announcer loves doing like the very dramatic, you know, Chinsuke Nakamura. I can't even do it, but like just going super over the top with it. And then Chinsuke does the bombing Adel into man, and the man just completely no sells it. Like it just looks at him like, was that supposed to be a thing? Like was that even supposed to be a move? So it was just a great like a great like uh, transition where him getting like this super epic ring announcement to doing his finisher and having zero effect on El Linda Man. It was great. Um, but then he ended up eliminating him. But he pulled down the top rope and got him thrown out. The first um, of many WWE versus AEW showdowns. <laughs> uh, and then we, we had the big dance number at the end with Hirata putting the 
the glasses and everybody and Asuka, as always, again, makes it... She's both way too excited to do here at the Stupid Dance, and she makes it way too sexy. Like, this is supposed to be dumb, okay? You're not supposed to be, like, actually shaking your ass and stuff. Um, but yeah, so Saki Akai ended up getting the win with her... her I'm not even going to try to pronounce that fucking move, but it's named after a thing from a fake Grand Order, because she's on the she's in the stage play right now. Which, I, I have a friend that's, like, really, really into fake Grand Order of you know, because of course I do. I have a lot of weeb friends, and he messaged me like the next day, like, "Did you did you see this? Saki Akai used a fake Grand Order name." And I'm like, "Yeah, I saw." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "I saw the show." But, uh, you can't be that much of your friend if he's asking whether you saw a DDT show. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we don't. Talk, I don't talk when he's not a wrestling fan. I mean, <laughs> don't talk a lot about wrestling to him. Um. But yeah, I mean, like it came up like on the fake Grand Order Reddit. So apparently, this, this was news to the fake Grand Order people that one of the stage actors used a move named after their thing to win a title. I, I don't think they know that the title's a comedy title, by the way. It wasn't anywhere in the headline. And it just felt like they thought she won like a real title. So, but yeah, so Saki Akai is the 1,350th champion. Good for her, I guess. Um, but yeah, this was really fun. I enjoyed it. And the move yeah. is cool, too, by the way. It is a cool like move, this, yeah. It was like this jumping, like, I don't know how to describe it. I think uh, someone else has used something similar, but I cannot even think of who it is or when I would have seen it. Yeah. Um, but yes, it is a cool-looking move. Uh, match three was the the big beef six-man tag with uh, Yuki Onaya, who's his first... He's a grandson of a really famous sumo. So the, it was it was called the Taiho Koki's grandson Yuki Onaya Ryogoku Koki Kan first participation. So basically getting to come back to the same building where his grandfather apparently had a lot of famous moments in sumo. Uh, he's been training for about a year in Real Japan Pro. He's fucking gigantic. I didn't realize how like how tall he was till he came out there. He's um, very big and he's weirdly <laughs> he looked weirdly proportioned to me. He's look, he looks a lot like uh, Akibono. Yeah. Um, like the same kind of big and like big and fat, but also just very tall. Yeah, very tall, yeah. Uh, so it's Goshi Ozaki, Kashisada Higuchi, and Yuki Onaya defeating Daisuke Sakimoto, Toru Washi, and Yuki Ino when Higuchi pinned Ino at the Dr. Bomb in 1309. I was a little surprised. I thought Naya was going to get pinned because he was the big, you know, he's just a rookie. But I guess he's too much of a super rookie to take the pin here. Um, but yeah, this was a, this was fun. You know, it was a big, big beefy match about what you, you know, I think I went like three and a half on it about what you would expect. You know, they chopped each other very hard. Uh, Go Shiozaki, you know, unlike other people from pro wrestling, Noah always tries hard in DDT. So good for him. And he's so. becoming like almost a DDT regular at this point. I feel like I've seen him like 15 times in the last six months in DDT. He should just go to DDT at this point. Like people scream about how Aguchi should go to Noah. No. Go Shiozaki should just go to DDT. Okay? They seem to like they honestly might appreciate him more. But yeah, this was this was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it what you really It's what you expect Sorry, when you hear the people in the match. Yeah. I mean, this is like a great example of how DDT's a variety show where you go right from the the comedy battle royal to you know the big beefy chopping match. Uh, match number four, uh, T-Hawk beat Akito in 1350 of the Night Ride. 
this was great. I mean, I thought it was going to be a sleeper match on the show, and it was a four-star match. So, you know, it was nice to have at least uh, – it was nice to have one really good match in the undercard here. And, you know, I thought they really went out there and just put on a really great performance, as both guys almost always do. Uh, T-Hawk's selling was awesome. You know, Akito did all you know a lot of his leg locks and stuff that just his technical wrestling looks always looks really good. And I just thought like T Hawk could like think a great like just I, I like Matt I like it when matches just end with like a big burst of offense at the end where a guy just like you know hits a couple moves and it's just enough to get the pin and that's pretty much exactly what happened here. It didn't it didn't go into like a big long comeback. It didn't go into like a big long back and forth exchange. He just like basically did his big got a couple big moves and got the pen which i thought it felt like a, a really um a, not abrupt in a bad way but like abrupt in a good way if that makes any sense yeah i liked it too i said it could be the sleeper match and it looked like for a little bit it was going to be the match of the night yeah. um very nearly um but i thought it was good um you know, it's in the middle of the card, so you always are like, oh, if they would have had five more minutes, it probably would have been really great. But, you know, it's right in the middle of the card, so it's hard to say, oh, I wish, you know, they got 25 minutes because they're not going to get 25 minutes or whatever it is. But I thought it was really good. I went four stars as well. Yeah, so definitely if you're going to look to pick and choose, that's a match you should watch. Um, match number five, the Don Shokudino produced Eurochara which is like a, a mascot, Yurokara Pokotan debut match. I kept calling him Pokochan by accident because uh, that almost makes more sense in my brain, but it's Pokotan. So Keisuke Ishii, Kota Ameda, and Mizuki Watashi defeated Dino, Pokotan, and Kudo when Ishii pinned Pokotan with the high-angle double-arm DDT in 11.28. The joke here was Pokotan started falling apart, basically, Um well, the first joke was Pokotan had like a Dino move, the Dino nightmare, where he pulled up his entire costume to reveal underwear under there. That was that was actually really funny. Um, yeah, and on commentary, Saki Akai, when he did that, said, cute. Yeah, <laughs> she thought that was adorable. Um, I mean, Pokotan kind of was adorable in general. I have to give it to yes, Dino Yes, it was that. a cute. it was a cute looking mascot, yeah. But then, unfortunately, the the head the, like the, the the head came off, and we saw uh, it was of course Makoto Oishi under there. Who's who's surprised? Um, and it ended up getting pinned. So after the match was over, like there was a lot of crying. Basically, like Amon was like crying and saying, "Mascots are supposed to bring people joy and hope." And what the hell was this? The head came off, and Dino started crying. It was like a whole bad. Uh, a whole bad thing, but yeah, I have to give credit to to uh, at geo underscore koh here. But a great tweet he made here about this match. Only in DET will you see an awesome kick exchange between Kudo and Ameda and an otter mascot. I don't know if it was an otter or beaver, but either way, an otter mascot doing a shining wizard in the same match. And it's like, yep, that's very true. So this this like was very them. very DET, but a good time. Yeah, I just like them kicking in the like denting in the head oh, yeah, with, the, with the kicks. My girlfriend was wa- like kind of sort of half watching this, and she was like very concerned at that point. She was like, "There's a person under there." <laughs> She's like, "Is that person okay?" Especially when like, they, at one point they did like a double stomp to the head. Oh yeah. <laughs> she was like, "Is there? I hope this person's okay." And I was like, "Yeah, I hope there's there's probably enough padding there, but yeah, it looked look brutal." 
Um, and then after that, we got you know another great match in the the first half of the show, the the last match of the first half, the special hardcore six person tag, Soma Takao, Mad Pauly, and Takumi Aroha defeating Shinshiro Takagi, Chigusa Nagayo, Nagayo, Nagayo. I'm sorry, and Ryuji Ito when Soma Takao pinned Takagi with a double foot stomp from the ladder in 1954. Uh, this is a really fun brawl. I mean, it's about what you'd expect from a DDT hardcore match. Um, you know, the theme was the three old people teaming together for the first time in 15 years. Takagi dressed up as a Gundam, the original Gundam, because that's what he also wore <laughs> 15 years ago. Um, but he just looked great, all painted up as the original Mobile Suit Gundam. The second Gundam reference he's done in like two months, because the New Year's Eve show, I think it was him, Oishi, and Hideki Suzuki, of all people, all dressed up as like enemy Mobile Suits from Gundam. So I, I guess he's a Gundam fan, I don't know. But I can't blame him. Gundam's awesome. I'm going to see the new movie on Tuesday, actually, tomorrow. Um, but yeah, this was this was really this is fun. I enjoyed this a lot. Yeah, I thought it was fun too. I thought Aroha looked really good, which I was happy about because I think that she's really great. Um, yeah, people saw... seem re- people who had never seen her seem really impressed on my timeline. Yeah, there was a lot of talk, so I was like, oh, that's great, and you know, always a chance to plug the marvelous streaming service at freshlive.tv slash marvelous. Um, which is very cheap. It comes out to like $4 a month or something. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was great. And that was what I talked about in the preview at Voices of Wrestling. I talked about, you know, I was glad that she was getting this opportunity because I thought she was really great. And I thought that she came, you know, obviously someone like Ito or Takagi don't really need to impress in this match, but I thought that she was the most, you know, I thought she came off as the star of the match. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was it was a lot of fun. You know, we usually have these Takagi matches, but it was fun getting a little bit, you know, broadening them and getting a few more people in there. Yeah. Uh, so I really liked it, yeah. Um, so after the match, we had a whole big thing where uh, Chigusa accused Soma of having a crush on her, but then she said, this kaiju, and pointing at Matt Polly, is more my type, which is really funny. And... <laughs> Mad Polly like even hold, held her hand <laughs> at one point, which is really funny. And um yeah, the whole the whole like post match is really fun. And then we got went to intermission. And here's where we learned that we're getting finally. So we knew Ricky Choshu was gonna be at, at the next Corican, um, which is what the end of the is, is the end of this month, right? It's no, it's March oh, 20, March March twenty first. Okay. So we got a while to go until the next quarter. We still got like a month. But we knew Ricky Chose was going to be on the show. But now we know that in a six-man tag, we are getting Ricky Choshu versus Gota Ihashi finally. The match has been built up since that Ricky Choshu special where Choshu badmouthed him. They're going to be on opposite teams. They're going to go head-to-head. The pop for this was like enormous, by the yeah. way. The end like of like a year-plus story. Yeah. I mean, and they they did a big dramatic reveal of Gota too. So they knew they knew it was a big thing. But... I'm trying to think who the fuck else is on these teams. I don't even remember. Do you have, do you have that in front of you? Isn't or no? Like, no, I don't. Isn't it like Sakaguchi's on one team? I think so. Uh, I'm going to pull it up because I'm curious. Uh, do, do, do. Okay. 
Well, you keep keep talking while I look for this. Uh, <laughs> um, what do you think of the first half of the show? Okay, here I got it actually. Okay. Ricky Chosu, Ricky Chosu, um, Reno and Higuchi against Yukio Sakaguchi, Kudo, and Gota Hashi. So that should be a good fucking time. Yeah, that I'm should pretty, be good. Pretty, yeah. Um pretty hyped for that. So again, first half of the show was great here. Here's where the show gets a little disappointing, in my opinion. Match number seven, KOD tag team titles, three-way match. Um, Moonlight Express defeated Yukio Sakaguchi and Masa Takanashi, and also Shima and Seki Yoshioka when Mao pinned Masa with the Cannonball 450 in 1306. Um, so it only got 13 minutes. It just it felt sloppy in parts to me. It felt like it was over way too quick. So, you know, I guess that you know the show was so fucking long, they just kind of had to the next these two matches both kind of got screwed on time. But um and it really felt to me like the, the strong hearts are barely a factor for most of the match. So maybe that's the most disappointing part of it. But I just really wasn't that into it. I, I don't know. Like it probably go like three and a quarter or something. It was it was good, but like I expected a lot better from this. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a little bit better than you, but it was really short. I remember coming out of intermission looking at the time because I was watching it live like you were. And it was like two AM and I knew the show was probably gonna end sometime around four AM. And I went, oh, how are they going to fit in four big matches in two hours, especially considering you have video, you know, video packages and entrances and stuff like that? And the answer is this match only gets 13 minutes, which was uh, sort of a bummer to me. I liked it a little bit more than you. Like, I would maybe go three and a half or three and three-fourth. Um, but, yeah, I would say a disappointment, but I don't think it was a bad match but certainly when you see these six guys you're thinking oh this match could be you know really really good match number eight ddt extreme title uh hiroshima defeated shinya aoki with the samato again only went 12 minutes so a little bit of a a very quickie here um again not this this to me was nowhere near as good as their first match uh the the one where aoki won the title just didn't get enough time. Uh, the mat wrestling stuff just didn't seem as interesting or something. There was something missing. And part of it was like the crowd, you know, at this point. The, it's always difficult, the post-intermission at these uh, sumo hall shows. The crowd is always tough. And just doing a heavily mat-based match uh, at this point in the show just was, I don't think it was ever going to work as far as the live crowd goes. Um, you know, Aoki did a cool dive off the apron, which I wasn't expecting at all. And there was enough good stuff that I would go like, you know, Gentleman 3 or something, but it just wasn't anything special at all. Yeah, I just think it was in a bad spot. And I think part of the fun of the original match was it was, oh, it was something we hadn't seen. And Aoki won, like, out of nowhere, which I think lent the match a little bit of like, oh, that was really fun because, you know, all of a sudden he he won with the submission um, and so it was kind of like, oh, Aoki, he can end these matches at any time where this one felt much more of a standard, you know, like, oh, we're going to wrestle and one of us is going to hit the finisher and that's going to be the end of the match. Yeah. Um, so again, I think a combination of a couple factors where, you know, the tired crowd, as you said, probably doesn't help. It's probably, you know, this probably might have wanted to go on before intermission. Um, but 
Yeah, I would I would be probably around where you are, around the three-star area. Um, the most interesting thing to happen, I think, happened after the match where uh, Muscle Sakai, you know, he takes off this Asazango mask and says he wants to go back to wrestling as himself again and challenges Hiroshima for the extreme title, which Hiroshima accepts. And I, it kind of makes sense almost. It's like, well... My show was really successful last night, so how about a title challenge? And I really like when comedy wrestlers challenge for this belt. Um, you know, I think it's a it's a very cool, um, you know, little uh, twist that if occasionally we can have comedy wrestlers in there with the serious wrestlers, and you know, they can occasionally even win this title. So I like that a lot, and I'm I'm happy they're doing it. So yeah, I'm pretty. Well, he originally challenged a Super Sasadango machine, and they said no because you have not done anything to warrant getting a title match. Yeah. So he took the mask off and said, "Ah, but what about as Muscle Sakai, who drew you know four thousand people to Sumo Hall last night?" Yeah. And so they so, said, "Okay, yeah, it should be a it should be a good match." Yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah, I mean, I like it when they get weird. So with the with the extreme title, I'm, um, I. Something related, but um, a little far in the future is I'm a bit surprised they haven't announced um, Su- Super Sasadango Machine for New York. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking that maybe that's because, may- I don't know, maybe he comes over as, you know, Muscle Sakai. Maybe he doesn't come over at all. I don't know at this point. Yeah. Because um, I figured he would be, I figured he would be like in the first crop of people they announced. Cause you his- think he would, his English is good. Yeah. Yeah, and he talked about when they first announced the show, he was like, "Oh, I'm looking forward to doing a PowerPoint in New York City." Yeah. So I hope they do. I hope they announce him. But we'll see. Um, after that, because remember he did do that. He did an all English PowerPoint before when he was dressed as Donald Trump. Right. So, um, number the semi main, and here is the biggest disappointment of the entire show. Now Michi Marafuji defeated Tetsuya Endo with the pole shift Emerald Flosion in 1808. Oh boy, <laughs> where to start with this one? I mean, look, I was really hyped for this, and in the back of my mind, it was like, well, Marafuji has sometimes come up small in his DAT appearances. He's been accused of not really trying. But I actually thought his last appearance in DDT, which was that, I think it was either a 20-minute draw or 30, was it a 20-minute draw, I think, right? Maybe it was 30. Uh, I don't it, was a, it, was a cor- it was a cork and main event. They definitely went to a time limit draw. Um, and he was in a tag match. And, you know, that match was, I think it was him and Takashita against Sasaki and Ishikawa, right? Is yeah. That right? Yeah. And that match was awesome. And he was great in that match. He really actually tried. So I'm like, okay, maybe he's finally, like, going to try in, like, a big spot in DET, you know? He did last time. I don't know if it's because he's just coming back from injury, plus the fact he doesn't usually give a shit, but he, you're wrestling in a semi-made event of fucking Ryukoku, and to say he had it in first gear is like an understatement. He looked like he couldn't give less of a fucking shit. And if this man is going to not give a shit every time you book him, except for one time recently, stop booking him. And for sure, stop putting him in big spots. I mean, this was, you know, this went 18 minutes at the end of a very long show. You could have used that time for the last two matches to make them a lot better, especially that tag title match. And it was fucking bullshit. I mean, like, it fucking, you know, made put Endo in a spot where he's in a really disappointing match. And it's not his fault. He's trying as hard as he can. I mean, I went two and a half on it, and it's pretty much all Tetsuya Endo. 
So, yeah, this fucking sucked for the spot it was in. It was really insulting to Endo that he had to, you know, be in there with a guy who clearly couldn't give less of a shit. And it was a really, really poor semi-main event. So, it really pissed me off. Yeah, it was uh, not great. I said in the preview, I said Mirafuji has been hit and miss in DDT, and this was definitely miss. I just don't really, at this point, I mean, even beyond, okay, this isn't a great, you know, Marafuji did very poorly. At this point, why would you book him? It seems like, okay, he's not drawing anything because yeah. clearly this number was way down and he was obviously not on the muscle show. Um, so, and, you know, to have, and, you know, I think Endo needs uh, to have him lose to this kind of poor effort makes him look doubly bad. Um, I mean, I would have had Endo win, but of course there's all kinds of factors in that. Um, but I just thought it wasn't great. You know, there were moments where I was like, Oh gosh, you know, the finish did not look good. Um, there was that sunset flip, which seemed very basic and didn't go well. Oh yeah. Marafuji, like there's like a long pause before he like got, actually got all the way over. That was really bad. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just not a good, not a good match. Yeah, so let's stop booking Marafuji. You know who should have been in this spot? Goshi Ozaki, who yeah. actually fucking tried to DDT. Because Marafuji does not, so fuck him. Main event, KMD Openweight title. Konosuke Takashiya defeats Daisuke Sasaki with the cross-arm German suplex in 3208. Uh, obviously, this went very long at the end of a very long show, but it was obvious now why some of the second half matches didn't get a lot of time. But thankfully, this match was really fucking awesome. Um, I think the best, this has to be the best DET main event since, uh, big show main event since Takashita Arashima, I think. Cause I'm oh, well, I really on. liked, I really liked Takashita. I mean, Ishikawa. I liked Takashita Ishikawa and I liked Takashita Endo. See, I went four and a quarter on both of those. So that's, um, I just a little bit under this, but I went four and a half on this. This is, so this was my favorite since Takashita Hiroshima, which I went four and three quarters on which was like a Peter Pan or I mean, judgment 2017. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, this was awesome. I just thought like, um, you know, I going in, I said like, it'd be nice for this main event to be amazing and make up for what's been like kind of a disappointing second half of the show. And you know, it did. <laughs> so there, that's good. Um, early on, it was a lot of like legwork stuff, which Takashita really likes doing that. And I, I get it. Um, and there's really nothing wrong with it. Like he's really good at selling his legs. So I get why he does it a lot. The only critique I would make is maybe that wasn't the best thing for the end of a six hour show. And the, like the crowd was like beyond dead at this point. And, you know, they were super, super dead. They started this match. And, you know, I was all ready to be like, you know, this is the kind of match that's going to separate people who only judge on crowd reaction from people who don't, because it's, they're, it's really good. And like the leg stuff was good. And, you know, he was selling it well, and it was interesting, but the crowd is completely dead. So I'm like, well, you know, it's going to separate that out. But then they got the crowd back anyway. So, like, towards the end of it, like, the crowd was super into it again, which was honestly, like, really impressive that they, they managed to resurrect them after, you know, a six-hour show. Um, but, yeah, so there's, like, a there's a really cool spot where, like, um, Takashita... 
Takashita does like, or Sasaki does like a dive to the outside. Takashita catches him perfectly in a suplex position, which I don't know if you, I, I don't know if I'm describing this well enough to describe how hard it was. Like they had to time that perfectly on both, you know, on both sides of it. And they, they totally pulled it off. Like he easily could have dropped him and he pulled it off. He caught him perfectly and then suplexed him into the apron, which looked brutal. Um, but yeah, there's like a, there was a really, really cool dive to the floor. Like Suzaki dove all the way over the announce table from the apron into an elbow drop with Takashita on a, on a chair. Um, and then the, the crowd started getting back into it here. Um, and they announced at one point like that it hit 30 minutes and it just did not feel like a 30 minute match at all to me at that point. It didn't feel like it dragged even a little bit. So that, that's a big, big compliment for them. Um, and then we got like a really, really, really cool finishing stretch. And you might've seen a gif of this already, but if you haven't, you should look it up. So Takashita goes to do a top, the, the uh, El Generico top rope brain buster where he brain busters uh, Sasaki on the top turnbuckle he completely misses. And instead, he fucking does a top rope brain buster to the mat. Like, Sasaki is lucky he's alive after that. Like, that looks fucking brutal. You can see, like, there's a, there's a great angle that a fan caught where you can just see his fucking neck, like, just compress on the mat. It looks, like, fucking brutal. Um, apparently, Sasaki's fine, or at least he claims he is, which is just crazy. I mean, it goes to show you sometimes, like, the most dangerous-looking shit somehow doesn't do anything and in the most like you know normal looking stuff ends up being like a career ending injury but yeah i mean like it was just really really brutal it's one of those weird ones where a botch almost makes it um uh, you know a botch almost makes it like better <laughs> you know i mean like it was a botch but it made the move look way more brutal so like i don't know i mean i wouldn't recommend doing it ever again but it sure as fuck worked here. And then, yeah, I mean, Takashita wins at the end. Just an awesome match. Four and a half. Um, right now, my number three match of the year, I think. Only behind uh, Naito Jericho and Naito Taichi. So, really awesome match. What did, what did you think, Taylor? Yeah, it was good. I thought it started a little slowly. Now, of course, the crowd was dead, and it was 3 in the morning. 3.30 uh, in the morning when I was watching. So, I was also a little tired. Um, but I thought it got really great at the end, as you said. I mean, the brain buster, I don't even know what they were going for because the turnbuckle was off. So he was aiming for the little metal clasp, which seems like such a small area to hit. It's also so funny to me that Takashita uses that move as sort of a tribute to Generico, and yet probably in the last six months has used it more than Generico ever used it in his entire career. (laughs) <laughs> um, I feel like I only saw Generico do it like maybe four times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, I thought it got really good. I gave it four and a half at the end. Um, yeah, I would have, I probably would have stayed away from the leg stuff, especially considering that Akito T-Hawk was very leg focused. Um, especially less having to do it that the crowd was burned out, although that didn't help and more to do with there was sort of already a match like that earlier on the card. That's true. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, um, I thought it, I thought it was a really good match and 
you know, it's certainly a thing where at the very end you go, okay, here's the one good match. Cause I think if this match comes out and you know, they do three and a half to four stars, I think you're looking at this and going, Oh, this was not a great show. Yeah. So I did, you know, it, it, it's a little, a little strong to say it saved the show because I still would have enjoyed the undercard a lot, but it definitely saved the second half, which was really disappointing up until this. So, you know, if you're what, looking to what you should watch after the fact, I, I mean, I enjoyed the entire, like, matches one through six of the main card. I thought the entire first half was really fun. Um, if you're not into DET comedy, I guess you could just do matches three and four, uh, which was the 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 big beef six-man tag and the T-Hawk Akito. And the second half, seven through nine, is definitely skippable. And the main, but the main event is fucking awesome, and that's definitely what you should watch. So, uh, overall, like I like said earlier, a good show, maybe even a very good show, but just not up to the, you know, DET set such a set such a high standard for themselves with these big shows, and it, it was clearly below that level of the, the two last year, and you know, pretty much all the ones I've seen. So, uh, any other final thoughts, Taylor? No, yeah, I agree with you. And as I said, I think probably my, far below what was done last year, but obviously last year's shows were so great. It was a very high, you know, it's a high bar where, you know, I think there's only so much higher you can go than the two shows last year before you're talking about like some of the, you know, an all-time classic show. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, as I said, I always have fun watching DDT, so I enjoyed watching it. Um, you know, I think the variety always keeps it interesting where you're not just watching the same type of, you know, match for six hours. So to me, it was a fun show. If you like DDT, I'm sure you'd like it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that was Judgment and Muscle. So at that point, I guess we can get into some questions. Uh, let's see here. I only got a, not a ton of them, but a few. Uh, the first question comes from at Oyster's Earrings. What marvelous DDT to- Tokyo Joshi crossover matches would you most like to see in the future? Uh, fucking Takumi Aroha versus uh, Miyu Yamashita. That could be like the best match of all time. But that's my, I, I don't know the Marvelous Wasser that well, but from what I've seen of Takumi and what I've seen, of, you know, obviously being a huge fan of Miyu, uh, yeah, that would be like, that that would be fucking awesome. Um, I'd like to see Neutra, which is um, Aroha and Rin Katakura. Um, I think they could have a great tag title match um, in Tokyo Joshi Pro. I think that they're um, one of the top tier tag teams in Joshi today. So I think that that would be a lot of fun. I mean, Mio Momono, Momono is on, you know, is injured right now. But, I mean, I could see her against so many people. I really think that she's great. And this isn't really um, a Tokyo Joshi um, match, but Leo Asaka, who's kind of the male Joshi in Marvelous, um, I think he's really good, but of course he wrestles almost entirely on these small Joshi shows. I think he would do really well against some of the younger guys in DDT. Um, and so I think that would be a lot of fun to watch as well, even though that, you know, isn't Tokyo Joshi. Um, 
you know, I think he could have some great matches and really um, boost his stock because I think he's great. And I think it would just take people seeing, you know, seeing him more regularly to really get behind him. Uh, Real Hero, will there be more Noah DDT Universe crossover stuff going forward? I think so. I don't, I mean, I, I, the Marafoji thing, you know, I'm sure they didn't like his performance there, but like, it seems like they're they've been in bed with, with Noah for a while. I mean, you know, they let the they let the Basar and Gambare guys uh, work Noah shows pretty regularly. So, I think I think probably it'll continue. I don't see why not. One thing I do think about is besides Marafuji and Chiyosaki, if you're bringing over someone for DDT. Who, who do you bring over? A lot of the people in Noah, I think coming over to DDT, I'd be like, oh, this is a very serious person to wrestle in DDT. Like Mirafuji obviously has the cachet of being an all-time, you know, great wrestler. Um, but like, you're not going <laughs> to, this is a bad example, but you're not probably going to be bringing over someone like Quiet Storm or, you know, like Cody Hall or someone like that. So who do, do you see anyone else who it's like, oh, they're a natural fit for DDT? Um, hmm. Maybe like, maybe Nakajima? Because they, they have a lot of, DDT has a lot of guys who do like kicks and stuff. So yeah, you put do like Nakajima Kudo or Nakajima Umeda and, you know, it would be like a fun kick battle. So I can see doing that. Yeah, that's a good point. I just think of Noah wrestlers. Most of them is so sort of deadly serious. Yeah, it is a very serious promotion. That is definitely true. Um, Thomas at Wrestling Ratings. In almost three and a half years, Takashita has never gone more than five months without one of the main three titles, has been a double champ on numerous occasions. Is this just how you build an ace, or is it fair to say that's too much? Why don't you answer this one first? Because you like Takashita more than I do. Um, I mean, the question of, is this how you build a nace? I don't know that there's any formula that says here's A, B, C, D steps to build a nace, because if there were, then every company on earth would have a nace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think obviously he's talented. I don't know how much that of this title reign is still a factor of the whole eerie thing from last summer like i still am not sure if we're out of the woods on that yet because it still feels a little like we're not like this feels a little like oh eerie was supposed to still be champion at this point and we've just hit the reset button and put it back on takashita because we know he'll have good matches and you know he's well liked enough he's sort I of actually, this... see i wonder i think eerie is supposed to lose takashita here that's what i think I think Eerie is supposed to help. Like I think all the stuff that we, that happened in the in the late summer and fall that ended up with Sasaki getting it. I don't think any of that was supposed to happen. I think Eerie is supposed to hold it for one year and lose it back to Takashita, hmm. or almost a year, I guess. But especially if like the next step is what I think it's going to be, which is like Takashita Endo again. That all feels very like natural and organic. Right. Like, yeah. So, but that's my that's my opinion, and we'll never know. So. I mean, I mean, I guess the end is, I think they're certainly trying to make him an ace, but 
making an ace is harder than it appears. I mean, you look at all the companies. I mean, we just talked about Noah, you know, a few a minutes ago. Way. You're talking about they're having a hard time. You're talking about, you know, all Japan did it with Kento Miyahara. But now it's like, well, who else is there? Yeah, there's no rival. Um, I mean, I, in, in a lot of ways, DDT is almost ahead of the game in that they have, I don't know, like, what would you rather have, right? Would you rather have an ace that, like, is beloved, but there's nobody else even close to that level? Or would you rather have an ace that, like, maybe is a little troubled, you know, as far as, like, its popularity, but there's enough other popular people that, like, it's not a total disaster and you have other people to put them up against? I actually don't think the latter situation is that bad. Um, I mean, he ha- he has a big rival in Endo, which, like, Miyahara does not have. Right. So I almost think you'd rather have a situation where the ace isn't quite as popular, but has that big rival and has other people to put him up against versus the all Japan situation of, well, the ace is really popular, but there's no one else. Yeah. And I don't know if the, you know, if it's like, Oh, they're not drawing as well with Takashita. And then in six months or something, Endo finally beats Takashita for the title. It's very possible that that is the thing that, you know, gives them the boosts. But of course, if you don't put the title back on Takashita, you can't have that match. Yeah. So it's, you know, I mean, it's always, you know, it's hard. It's always hard to say, you could say, oh, let's do something else or let's do something different, but you don't really, you know, I do think Takashita for DDT is a bit of a safety blanket where they know he'll have good matches. Um, so it can be easier to put it on him and say, okay, well, we know what we get with him as opposed to putting it on someone else where, you know, we just tried to put it on Irie. <laughs> it totally flopped. I don't see how even the biggest Takashita hater can say the Irie ring was, any, was better. It just, that was fucking awful. So when you say, oh, don't put it on Takashita, try, try someone else. And you're saying, well, six months ago we did, and it was a complete and utter failure. And the reason we had to do all this, you know, reshuffling of everything is because we tried something else and it totally flopped so maybe it's better just to put it back on this guy who we know at least you know i don't think takashita is now i don't know maybe he is in terms of japanese fans i don't know that he's turning people away no i don't think he is either i just think that people might just be like uh you know if they're on the fence they might lean more no than yes but i don't think people are seeing takashita and saying oh now i refuse to i refuse to go because takashita's champion yeah um but uh, i mean yeah it's difficult but of course as i said we'll see down the road you know if he's still champion in another year and he's beaten endo again then yeah, I think I, maybe that would, be a, that would be a mistake. I think. Yeah. Then I think you go, Oh, what are you doing? But in six months, if Endo beats him and that's the big moment and everyone goes, Oh, hooray. Then you go, well, this was all worth it. And we had to get the belt on him at some point. Yeah. I mean, you, you, Sasaki Endo just, uh, you know, I, I like Sasaki a lot. He's one of my favorite wrestlers, but if you're going to, if, if Endo is next, I mean, it make the only guy he should be is Sakashita. So that, that makes sense. So what, that's why I'm, I'm willing to withhold judgment. Uh, haha. Yeah. I, didn't mean, I didn't even mean to do that. I'm willing to withhold judgment until 
until after Peter Pan, until after Sequence King of DET, maybe even until after November if it's not Endo there. But I really would rather see it at Peter Pan. So we'll say. But, you know, it would almost be like two years later, Endo finally gets it done kind of thing, you know. But if it's just Takashita holding the title forever again, then, yeah, I don't, it's not great. Well, and, uh, you know, Obviously, anything can happen in wrestling. People can leave. People can get injured. People can retire. But we're talking about, you know, some people who are not even 30 years old yet. You know, Endo is 27. Takashi is 23. They have a lot of young guys. So it's not like they have to say, oh, we have to do it right now or, you know, he'll be retired in a year. Yeah. Um and, so that's, I don't, and that's why, and that's why, even though I love Endo, I've never gotten as worked up as I did with as I have with Naito, because you know, Endo, like you said, Endo is twenty seven, Naito is thirty six. Like there's a big difference, right? So, um. So anyway, so let's see. Next question: August Baker, who should the Giant Panda beat to become inaugural AEW champion? First of all, August, as we discussed earlier with Cody, the Panda has a name. Okay. I want you to call the panda by its name. Thank you. Second of all, obviously, Andreza should beat the entire AW roster in a gauntlet match where one wrestler after another comes out and gets hit with the Andreza giant splash and gets pinned. So obviously the last one should be Kenny Omega himself. So there you go. Well, um, I don't know if everyone listening knows this, but Andreza actually suffered his first loss yeah, of, that's- his, of his career – uh, last week, where he lost to Big Man Vader, uh, who is a giant so man who is dressed as Vader. Um, you know who they're ref- with. You know they're referencing that, right? Well, Van- the Vader, the Vader Anoki thing. Oh, really? <laughs> That's what they were referencing with that. Yeah. Well, so. I think that AEW should sign Big Man Vader. <laughs> He should win the title, and then Andreza Giant Panda should arrive in AEW and beat the one uh, man who's ever beaten him and, you know, take revenge for his one loss and win the title. That's pretty good. Um, TJ, Pat, who's on here a couple of weeks ago, actually. When, when are we going getting Saki Akai versus Saki Sama for the Iron Man title? Uh I don't think that's coming anytime soon, buddy. Well, uh, <laughs> if you shot it right, it could. <laughs> it had to be a very interesting match. I mean, it could be. They shoot these videos. They shot that video for Oscar walking around Rapongi. I mean, you could shoot a video and and you know have it. Be why, like these... Now, why would you? Why would you say it couldn't happen? They're two different people. I don't understand. Sure, it'd be like those power. So, um, I'm gonna make a Power Rangers reference here. So when they they took this footage, okay, of of like Zord battles and like splice it together to make it look like it was against a different Megazord when they introduced the second one. So you'd have all these shots of like like the monster and the Megazord could never be in the same shot together because the footage doesn't exist. So the monster would like throw a punch and it would cut to like a reaction shot of the Megazord being like, oh, like getting knocked backwards without ever seeing it make contact. So that's what they should do. Like, Saki Kai should throw, like, an elbow, and then we cut to Saki-sama, like, taking an elbow, and we're, like, reacting, like, oh, I'm hit. It would be great. It's just making it happen in, a like, a, a fucking city, too. Why not? Just have just make them both into Megazord or something. In DDT, um, anything is possible. That is true. 
Uh, at Striga, do you think Akito or Masahiro Takanashi will ever be in a more prominent position in DDT? I always feel like they are very well liked and respected. I think they could do better. Now, I think, I think the die is kind of cast with them at this point. Um, I think they're just kind of like they're good mid card wrestlers. They're who are very, very you know occasionally like get to have really awesome matches when they're put in prominent spots. Like I'm thinking of uh, Masa's title challenge against Zami Kodaka three years ago, which is still one of my favorite matches, and Akito against Daisuke Sasaki for the Extreme Title at the Peter Pan show we were at, which was an awesome match. But uh, but yeah, I mean like. You know, it's just they're they're kind of where they are at this point now that they're ever going to get pushed as like real main eventers. Um, I think Akito could. It would probably take a couple things happening that are probably not going to happen. Like if all of a sudden people swooped in and signed a bunch of people from DDT. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, I I mean I think he's close enough to the top. Um where he certainly could. I think Takanashi at this point is kind of where he is, um, especially with his, you know, shooting Doji. I think that they're kind of a, you know, group that is, you know, at the level where they are, they're happy where they are. You know, they get the challenges, you know, every once in a while. Um, so I think he's kind of where he is, but I, I could see Akito. It, I could see it happening. I don't know that it will happen. Um, but for me, it's not out of the range of possibility. Uh, and straight up second question, where do you see Yuki Ino in a year or two? I'd love to see a tag run with Sekimoto, similar to the one Higuchi had. Uh, why don't you take this one first? What do you think? Um, I mean, I think he, I think he could be holding a title. You know, it's always interesting. We talked about Ueno earlier that he had such a sort of, hot middle of the year last year, they won the six man titles. Um, and then he kind of floated back down the card. Um, so I don't know if it's going to get to the point where, you know, DDT has a lot of really good young talent. I mean, even near the top, we talked about Takashita's only 23 and those 27. I just don't, I wonder if there's going to reach a point where there's going to be so much talent that naturally some of the talent is going to get stuck. Um, you know, I think Eno's really good. So I think he may actually be able to rise above some other people. Um, but it is a question where they seem to be taking these younger guys along pretty slowly um, because I don't think they need to force them up the card at this moment. So I could see him winning the tag titles, but I could also see him spending the year just kind of hanging around the mid card. Um, so, you, you know, I guess my answer is it's hard to say, um, but I certainly think he has the talent um, to hold a title. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he has that like great, comedic timing you know like where that's going to help him out a lot in DET but he has a great like comedic face too and like you know that's definitely going to help him so I think that's that that probably increases his ceiling honestly just because of what promotion we're talking about here all right so I guess we went ahead and talked about everything we we wanted to talk about we did judgment we did uh 
you know, muscle and did your questions. Maybe a little bit under time. So why don't Taylor, why don't you and I talk about Japan a little bit? Because we're both <laughs> we're both going there again okay. in June. We're both sure. going there again in June. So we're gonna have a, a good time together, I guess. But like what are you most looking forward to uh for your second Japan trip? Um, what am I most looking forward to? You know, I'm going with one of my very good friends. Um, uh, someone I see a lot of wrestling with. We've seen a lot of, um, shows here in New York. You know, we used to go to evolve a lot. We don't do that anymore. Um, but I always have a good time with him and I'm excited. Uh, he actually went to Japan three years ago and he saw, a new Japan, um, like a road to show at Corican. Um, so it wasn't a big show. It was kind of one of the pretty minor Corican's, but I'm excited to go to Japan and see wrestling him with him. Cause I think that, um, you know, seeing it in Japan is, you know, so much of a different experience than seeing it in the United States um, from the crowd to obviously, I think the wrestling is great. It's just a totally different experience. I'm excited to experience that with him. Someone I've, you know, we've seen so much wrestling and this is kind of like the next step, you know, we went to long beach together um, to see the new Japan show, which was really awesome. So I think that's what I'm most excited for. I'm excited to go back to Tokyo. Cause I feel like last time I was there, you know, there's so much to do. It's a little bit like New York where you could say, Oh, I spent a week in New York and you could do, you know, not even 5% of, you know, the fun things that you can do in New York. Well, what do you want to do? That's a good question. What do you want to do this time? Like, I didn't even really go to a lot of the famous, like I didn't go to Shibuya Crossing last oh, you time didn't? I was really? there. Cause, no, because I just ran, I was going to go and I ran out of time. Wow. That's um, so weird I, because I, I also, on my first trip, I also never made to Shibuya Crossing. I had to go on my second trip, which was the trip you and I went on together. But yeah. Yeah, so it's like I didn't even do that. So some things like, you know, obviously the food, you can get a lot of different, you know, types of food there. So just kind of going and seeing, because like last time I went to um, Tokyo Disney Sea for one day, so I won't have to do that this time. But that was like a full day, you know, like, because it's sort of out of the way from Tokyo. So that was like a full day um, taken up. You know, Akihabara, I didn't really even go to. I kind of passed through. Um, oh, I, sp- I spent a lot of time there. <laughs> so, you know, there's so much to do um, that I'm excited to go back and cover some of the things I think I missed the first time. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's stuff so, I've yeah. never done. I've been there twice. So, you know, there's just so, like you're saying, there's so much. And I have a list of, like, restaurants I want to try this time that I hope I stick to and not just go- keep going going back to the same places I really like. <laughs> um, like there's a there's a whole bunch of different like um, you know there's like this there's just a lot of different stuff I want to try for the first time. But then this time I'm going with my girlfriend for the first time. So there's also stuff like I want to show her that I've already seen. So you know that'll be cool too I guess. Um, you know I really want to try one of these like little day cruise things. We like cruise along the water from there's one that's like very practical for us because we're staying um and most of the first week we're staying at this Rio Goku uh this Airbnb right next to Rio Goku and if we want to go to Odaiba again there's like a cruise that goes from Asukasa which is like right next to Rio Goku area to Odaiba and it's actually like 
you know, about the same speed, maybe even a little faster than taking the trains from there. So it's like both, you know, it's cool. You're on a boat and you get to look at the waterway, but it's also very practical. So that's why I'm probably going to try to do that. But yeah, I mean, there's a million things I want to try that I didn't get to. Like, I didn't even know until recently there's like a, there's an underground shopping center, like, um, in, in Asukusa, like there's, there's a whole underground area that like is supposed to look like and feel like old, you know, it's like, it really hasn't changed much in the past, like 40 years. So it's like a really good, like feel of like what Tokyo used to be like. So I really want to try going to that. Um, and there's, there's always like a million things. Like every, every one of these trips, I make a list of like a million things I'm going to do and then ended up doing maybe 5%. Of it. So <laughs> it's just very, it's just very difficult. Yeah. That sounds but, about right. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And obviously it's just crazy that when you went, when we both plan on going at this time, you know, we plan on going to Dominion and we're like, oh, we're going to see the, you know, the best of Super Junior Finals too, which will be in your Yogi again. And then they announced on one four that like the best of Super Junior Finals is in Ryogoku this year for the first time in 20 years. And it's like, wow, we just get a total surprise uh you know, trip to sumo hall that we weren't expecting at all, which is just really like almost like a lucky break, honestly. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to go to sumo hall. I was like, Oh, well, I guess I won't go there this time. Cause I went there, you know, four times last time we were there. Yeah. Um, so I was like, Oh, I have it covered, but it is very exciting. I really like, um, you know, obviously it has the uniqueness of um, sitting in the boxes which is totally different than anywhere else. But I just think it's a well laid out venue in terms of sight lines and things like that. Yeah. And the, um, the sound is great too. The sound is really good. I mean, like I was in, in the last row of the boxes last time one night and it was like a perfect, it was a perfect view. You know, you would think, Oh, you're in the last row. You're kind of far away. Um, but it was, you know, it was so great. It's a venue I really like going to. So I'm glad that, you know, we'll have the chance to go back. I'm gonna. I've never done the. I've been there five times and never done the boxes. So I'm gonna do it this time. I've decided. I'm really gonna. I'm worried about like my back, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna do it. Well, so. for one night, I'm like, okay, it's one night. The boxes are fine. Last yeah. time when we went and it was the three nights of the G1, the first two nights were fine, and then the final night, which the final night also had the four to a box. Yeah. Um, that was when I was like, oh, this is you know. <laughs> it's starting to hurt a little bit, but I think one night it'll be, you know, perfectly fine. Yeah. I wonder if it'll be two door box or four. I guess we'll say it could be two, but I guess we'll, we won't know until they announce it. Um, but yeah, because I did this, this past time I did uh, for the G1, I did ringside for the two, the first two nights I had like the, the chair seats. And then for the final night, I was in the second floor special in the first two rows, the second floor. And then for DDT, Peter Pan, we all had ringside. And for the first show I ever went to there, the uh, the last invasion attack in 2016, I, you know, again, I had uh, I had the, the the second floor seats, just the regular bow. But even even all the way up there, that was like you had a great fucking sight line. So, I mean, there really is not a bad seat in that building if you ever go. Um, but yeah, so we get to see we get to do that. And then four days later, we get to go to Osaka Joe Hall for the first time. Who knows what the Dominion main event will be now, especially the, now that Jay White won the title. But I'm sure whatever it will be will be good. Um, but yeah, it would be really looking forward to that. And 
if you've never made a trip to Japan, I know I've said this a million times, but if it's anything other than financial keeping you from doing it, you should definitely, definitely do it. It's like, you'll seriously, especially if you're a big enough nerd to listen to this podcast, I promise you will have like a great fucking time. You can tell yeah, me I, too, Taylor. I get a lot of people who are concerned about the language. I've talked to a, a bunch of people about this and I would say it's, I mean, it's a very English speaking country enough that I would speak Japanese to people when I was there and they would speak English back to me. Um, And obviously all the trains are in English and everyone, you know, is very accommodating of English speakers. So also, you know, a lot of people go, Oh, you know, I don't speak Japanese. How would I get around and everything? But it's, I mean, it's very easy to, you know, get around. Obviously I'm going back. So I have familiarity, but the first time, you know, I was like, Oh, how's it going to be? And I mean, it's very easy to get around. People are very helpful. Um, even, you know, some people kind of go out of their way to be helpful in a way that, you know, coming from New York, um, (laughs) is, is a little bit shocking. Um, yeah, but yeah, I would, I would highly recommend it. Um, it's obviously, um, a beautiful country. Um, there's, as I said, so much to see and do. So, you know, if you yeah, like historic funny. sites, they have historic sites. If you like beautiful, you know, spaces, there's that. Obviously, people who listen to this like wrestling, and there's a lot of wrestling there. Um, if you like anime culture, there's like a million districts in different cities that like are just going to give you that kind of stuff, like anime and games and stuff. So, I mean... I, I really like no matter what the reason is, you should probably you should go, honestly. You'll have a great time. Uh and the karaoke's great too, let's to say. <laughs> karaoke's much better than the karaoke here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I guess we can wrap it up there, Taylor. Uh thank you as always for coming on. Do you want to plug your Twitter or anything? Uh sure. My Twitter is T A M A I M B O Tay Mambo. Uh you can find me there. Uh I've sort of post very sporadically, but you know, I will be there. Uh, you can catch me writing for voices of wrestling.com. I did the preview for, um, this show judgment and we'll probably do some more previews, um, in the future. And, uh, I'll probably, you know, taking a wild guess here, we'll be back on this show sooner rather than later. Yes, I'm sure. I mean, if nothing else, we'll definitely probably do an episode from Japan. So, Bring I'll bring the computer and the microphone again so the guy at the TSA can not know what a microphone is. <laughs> Be like, we need to open up your bag, sir. <laughs> like, what? Okay. So, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Russell Omakase. Not wrestling. Wrestling would not fit. Um, I don't know what next week's episode is going to be. There's one of those weeks where I haven't planned next week yet. So, I'm sure we'll do something. I don't know if we'll do Honor Rising and New Japan Road or something else entirely or whatever, but we'll figure it out. I haven't looked at like the, Oh, you know what? We can probably do an episode. We can probably cover that, uh, the Baba show too. Cause that's, that's tomorrow as I'm, as we're recording this. So, um, what do you think of that show? By the way, it looks kind of cool, right? I'm excited. I'm really excited. I hope it goes up fast cause it's supposed to, it's at like 6 30 AM, um, Eastern time, um, here. Yeah. So I'm hoping it goes up fast so I can watch it tomorrow night. I'm sure it will. Um, it's airing live on Samurai, so. So, 
Yeah, but I think it looks. I mean, I love shows like that where it's like a bunch of random people just facing off. So it's totally mm-hmm. in my wheelhouse, and I'm looking forward to it. All right. So thank you as always for listening, and folks, we will see you next time. Goodbye. In the world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.